Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's fifth Sunday yet again. They let me up on stage. Um, it's like three or four times a year if I'm lucky, so... I, uh, I relish, I relish this moment. But uh, if you don't know me, my name's Isaac. You're going to have to remember because I'm taking it off. Um, I want to look professional up here. So. Uh, but you should, you should know me. My name's Isaac. If you don't know me, I'm the youth pastor here right across the way. Um, I get to lead all of these, these people in the front, especially all the people on the worship team. Um, they did awesome. Um, and shout out to Mama Miglio for, for doing prayer. We have, so if you don't know what Fifth Sunday is, let me explain it a little bit. We have our, our youth, our, our high school mainly youth, come up on stage and we do worship. We try to cover all the roles we can. So we're out in the lobby a little bit more. We're doing worship. We have leaders on prayer and announcements. Um, shout out to Reed. Thank you for doing announcements. And then Bryce and Jill in the back give us a wave for sound and, and slides. And then we've got some youth up there in the live stream, too, through the little window. So it's just a time where we get to do church for you, which is really cool. We get to serve you guys as a youth group. And summer, speaking of youth, um, those were some of our, our summer camp worship songs that we got to do. So like Mom said, it was really nostalgic to, uh, to play those for you guys because we spent so much time um, learning those songs and playing those songs and, and just kind of spending time in those songs. So we're really glad that we got to do that for you guys. But summer's coming to an end, and all of our, our fun youth uh, events are coming to a close, and we're getting ready to go back to school. Are any parents excited that school's starting again? A couple. Just a couple. What about my homeschool parents? Are they dreading it for school to start again? They, 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 you guys have got to run it a little bit more. I'm convinced that's why you start later than all the other schools and you end earlier. So it's just, it's small, smaller schools for all the homeschoolers. It's less time in the schools. I figured you guys are already missing out on the core classes that they would get if they went to school. So you might as well shorten it anyway, right? All the homeschoolers. Sorry, I had to. I had to do it. <clears throat> Um, I know this time, going back to school, and uh, just all this kind of transition, so whether it's, um, whether it's work, whether it's your kids are going back to school, whether it's um, a new relationship, whether it's um, uh, being a new parent, um, selling a house, like, it feels like August is almost more of the time of, of New Year than January does, at least for me, since I'm in and out of school all the time, and, and January doesn't feel like it's as much of a a jumping off point for a new season. And so this time always has felt like um, a transitioning point. And um, transitioning um, is what we talked about last Sunday in our youth group. And we had some of our seniors, um, Joey and Jake, they're both here this morning. Their, their last Sunday was this last Sunday in youth group because they're transitioning out. And we also got to say um, goodbye to our lovely Lydia Whitney. Where is she? She's not here. She snuck out. Um, Lydia Whitney, uh, because she's going on to what God has for her next as well. So there's a lot of transitioning happening, not only for the people that are going back to school, for a lot of us in our, in our congregation, in our family. I know there's a lot of transition going on. And in transition, um, whether it's saying hello, saying goodbye, new houses, old houses, school, um, whatever it is, in a time of transition, I feel like it's easiest to lose sight of the expectation that God has for us. 
in our lives. It's easy to get caught up in either the excitement or the worry or the dread or anything new. It can be easy to, to lose sight of that expectation. I just want to say God has a plan for your life. And that's not a new concept. I don't think anyone in this room, right? That's not a new concept. God has a plan. We've heard it before. Maybe even when we don't want to hear it, right? When God has a plan. Well, it's going to work out, right? This is in God's plan. But God does have a plan. And we have a manual. I actually don't have one up here with me, uh, which might be a little blasphemous, but uh, I don't have a Bible up here with me. But we do have a, a manual for our lives that God has given us, an ordained spoken word to man for our lives and how we're supposed to live according to him. Last Sunday, Pastor Tim Daly shared the message on different walks. And I was looking through his slides because a lot of the time I'm over in junior high. And so I, I actually stole one of his slides on some of these uh, concepts that he talked about. If we could get those on the screen here. Uh, the different walks. Um, I don't know if we have that slide up there. There it is. Putting on the new self. I don't have them down here, so I was really hoping. Um, the first one, speak truthfully. Right, so this is some of the things reiterating from, from the last one because Paul jumps right into to Ephesians 5, which is what we're going to be talking about from Ephesians 4. So I figured we'd, we'd recap this a little bit. So speak truthfully. Do not sin in anger. Share with those in need. Build others up. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Be kind and compassionate and forgive each other. And he closes out chapter 4 with these last few verses and then he goes into chapter 5. So let's read this together. We're um, Ephesians 4, verse 29. I believe I have them up there as well. But it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ. God forgave you. And it's kind of cool because last week, I've been trying to, we're trying to run alongside main service in junior high as well for Ephesians. And last week, normally I would call on someone, but I feel like it's a little bit inappropriate for main service. I would say, what are we talking about last week? What was our, our challenge last week? Um, but none of you guys would know that, so I'll just tell you. Um, our challenge was not to let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, right? And so that's, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. Something as simple as unwholesome talk, um, just being kind, building someone up as opposed to tearing someone down. Um, and I'm probably not alone in this, but that's not really my default a lot of the times. It's an active decision that I have to make to not um, put someone down, but to build someone up. And so that was our challenge this week. And it was really cool that uh, Tim, Pastor Tim Daly um, reminded us of that. And in Ephesians 5, Paul goes through some more what not to do's, um, but he also, there, there, he brings this message of hope. He brings a message of reassure, a reassurance that we ultimately are his, we are God's, and even when we don't feel like it, right? And how to walk in love as imitators of God, imitators of Christ. And so that's where we're going to be. That's my, my setup for today. If we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, so we can open our Bibles, open our, our YouVersion apps. If you don't, I'll know because you'll be looking at me when everyone else is looking down. So I'll know. Um, but I do have this, the, the slides on the screen, too. So uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, and we're just going to get right into it because we've got a little bit of ground to cover. So in verse 1, 
Paul says, therefore, after following our, our last passage here, it says, therefore, be imitators of Christ. Uh, or, I'm sorry, imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So there, just in the first verse, Paul is already saying that we should be imitators of God because we are his beloved children. But he didn't say, if you imitate God, God will love you as a child. He said, because we are beloved, we should want to imitate God. So we want to walk in love just as Christ loved us. And so what would it look like if we walked in love? What would it look like if we did every single day walking in love, the same love that Christ loved us? It's not the the love ya text kind of love. It's the, it's the agape love, the, the Greek word for it, the unwavering love, the love that God has for man and man has for God. What would it look like if our daily walk was walking in that kind of love every single moment? I don't know if I can fully comprehend what that would look like, but I'm all for it, right? But it's easier said than done. Imitating something, especially God, can be really tough. Some people are really good at impressions, impersonations, mimicking, right? Imitating. Is anyone good at impressions? I'll have you do one if you raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Sorry, Johnny. I'm just kidding. I can't do one. I would do one, but I cannot do one. So I'm just gonna, we're just going to pass on that one. Um, but what about imitating how someone else looks, right? Imitating how someone else's style how someone else's maybe uh, their workout regimen. Has anyone followed a workout plan or an app, a workout app? No, just me, just me. That's just me. I was trying to get in shape. I was following a workout plan. And, okay, let me get real specific here. What about a celebrity workout plan? No one? Everyone's real quiet. Hands are way down. Hands are way down. But I know Chris Hemsworth has one. And I think if you do it for a year, he, you get in on a Marvel movie or something with him. He just gets you in on that. But I wanted to imitate a certain celebrity. I'll be, I'm going to be really honest. I wanted to imitate a certain celebrity by the name of Chris Pratt. And um, so probably more recently than I'd like to admit, I looked up Chris Pratt's workout routine. And I went through and I was like, I can do this. And I did it for like a week. And I don't think it worked. I don't think it worked. I don't think something went wrong because I was going for Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I ended up with Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec, and it's just, it's just not. It's not my. It was not my intention. But I really tried. Uh, you could see it's a little bit more like uh, Andy. It's not more like uh, Star Lord. So, um, but it's hard to imitate uh, effectively. It's hard to imitate uh, accurately. It's hard to, uh, it's hard, it's hard to do that. That's why I'm not an actor. Shout out to all the Mozart folks. You guys can do it. You guys, can, I, I'm not built for it. Um, but God knows it's challenging to imitate Him. God knows it's challenging to follow along in His footsteps, the same way that Christ loves us. And Paul is challenging the people of Ephesus and us today to a higher standard. Um, to live as imitators of, of God and walk in love. I want to do something really quick. I want us all to close 
our eyes. I know it's kind of cheesy. Let's close our eyes and let's think, okay? If I went to everyone in your life, your closest people, your core, your friends, start thinking of faces, your friends, your family, your coworkers, right? The people that you see day in and day out. And I went to them and I asked, is this person the, the best at loving you? Is this person, does this person love you more than anyone else has ever loved you before? Are they the best human that you know that loves effectively? You can open your eyes. Is it you? Are you saying, yes, it's me. That's the person that they would say. They would say my name right away. Because I think we would all like it to be us. If I asked my closest friends and family and I said, am I the best person? When I, when I ask for, who's the best at loving you? Who loves you the best? Unconditionally, unwavering, like God loves us. And if it wasn't me, I, I, I'm convicted by that immediately. If I can't love better than anyone else as an imitator of Christ, that convicts me. If I'm not the first person that they say, that means I could be doing better. That means I could be doing better at loving other people. I want us to reflect Christ. I want to reflect Christ. I want every fiber of my being to show the love that God has for me and God has for everyone else in this room. That's my goal. But God doesn't want us to only walk in love. He calls us to walk in light. I'm going to jump down a little bit, but we'll, we'll come back. In verse 13, Paul writes, But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So we're walking in love. We're called to walk in love and love others as Christ loves us and love them well, unconditionally, unwaveringly, like the same love that God has for us. And that's hard. But then Paul's talking about being asleep and being once in darkness, but now in light. Has anyone else, did, is anyone else a snoozer in the room? Like they snooze multiple times? What about the opposite? Like the first ring, you're up. Zero to 100, you're out of bed. Really? That's incredible. That is incredible. If I have to be somewhere at 9 o'clock, I set my alarm for 6 o'clock, and I get up about 8.30. So I snooze for two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. It just makes sense to me. It just makes sense to snooze a little bit and then get up right before I have to go somewhere. And my mom has always told me, ever since I was in football, for school, anything that I had to be up early, she said, you realize you could be getting two more hours of sleep. Two more full hours of, like, REM cycle sleep. And I was like, I just can't do it. I have to snooze. I have to snooze for, like, an hour at least. And then when I see it's, it's getting to the point where I won't be able to make it out the door, then I get up. Um, the people that wake up the first time, though, are you, are, do you race the alarm? Is it, like, the third ring you try to beat it on the way out? I can't, do, I can't imagine that. It is unfathomable to me. But if there was some kind of device that could punch me, the second I hit the snooze button, I would purchase that device because it would, it would break me of this habit. And that kind of forceful awakening is the kind that Paul is talking about here. Um, he's saying that, uh, Paul is saying that some of us are sleeping on these, these sins that can creep into our lives. He's saying that some of us, we're too comfortable with walking in love. Right? We're too comfortable with walking the way that we're walking, and all of these things start to come into the corners of our lives. And if we don't wake up, 
they will entrap us, and they're going to keep growing and growing until the point that we're going to be in darkness and not walking in light because we're already children of light, right? And so he says in, in verse 3, jumping back up, he says, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not, be, not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. This might come across as a surprise to some of you. But our mouths and what we say should reflect our hearts. Right? And if we're sitting in these rows, I would say pews, but they're not really pews. If we're sitting in these rows and we feel the Holy Spirit, we know that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the second we go out there into our lives with our coworkers and our our closest friends, and it's late at night, or if it's, it's just your core people, and you're letting all your walls down, and, and, and you just start talking like someone completely different, Paul is saying, then how does that reflect Christ, right? How, does, how is that the same that's going on in your heart that's going on in your tongue, right? He's saying, if we are filled with the Spirit, then our words should be filled with the Spirit in everything that we do. Um, in verse 5, he says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God uh, comes upon the sons of, dis of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children, discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. And everything he lists here, all of it, is not done in love. None of this is done in love, the same love that God has for us. And so when it talks about discerning what is pleasing to God, that's the checklist, right? That's a pretty simple way to say, is this done in love, the same love that God would show to me? If it's not, then it's not pleasing to God, right? If it's, if it's not the same love, if you're not walking in love and walking in the light and you're seeing this darkness creep up into your corners, that's not what we're called to do. That is not the expectation that the Bible has for us. And so it's, it's a pretty simple checks and balances where we can see, okay, that is not acting, and that is not walking in love. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that. There, uh, from the intentional, all-encompassing term uh, from sexual immoral, uh, immorality, the, uh, the Greek is porneia. It's a blanket statement. It's, it's anything that is done outside of the confines of marriage sexually, right? Two, something as seemingly harmless as, uh, as foolish talk or crude joking, Paul is reminding us that those things are not walking in love. And we're called to walk in love and show others love. Those things are also not imitating God, right? Those are not imitating God when we do those to other people, when we do them to ourselves. That is not imitating God's love for us. And even though Paul wrote that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God, none of us do without the light of Christ. None of us do. None of us, and that's the thing, God knows. God knows that we're going to fail. But we have this light. And so Paul is challenging us and the people of Ephesus at the time. He's saying, walk in it. Walk in the light. He says in verse 14, For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. 
So if you, feel, if you feel called out by some of these things in this list, it's not that you're damned to eternity. Don't worry. It's not that you're damned to eternity. It's that you might need to wake up. You might need to rise from your sleep, O oh sleeper, and walk into the light. Because we're all children of the light. So it might just need to be a little more intentional about what's going on in our, in our, our rooms, what's coming out of the corners, what's in the darkness that is tempting you to, uh, to go into it, right? Some of us need to sprint into the light. That's what some of us need. Some of us need to build these, these concrete walls, these 50-foot walls around the, the, our, our light and the darkness, and it starts to creep in. But God knows this is a challenge for everyone, not just, um, not just some people, not just uh, the Christians that aren't as good as the other Christians, for everyone. And God knows that. That's why he, Paul reminds us to walk in wisdom in verse 15. We're also called to walk in wisdom. In verse 15, he says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. If we're not being wise in our daily walks, if we're not taking every thought captive, every decision under the umbrella of, is this imitating God? Is this walking in love? Is this walking in light? Then the days are going to dictate us and not the Father. The days. And the days are earthly. The hours in the day are earthly. And if we're not intentional, we're going to find ourselves in the darkness. Psalms 90, verse 12, is, is a great verse that reminds us that um, our days are finite. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. If you knew that you were dying tomorrow, would you do some of these things, some of these, these vices? Would you let that get a hold of you? Our days are finite, so we should live like it, right? And the psalmist says, teach us to number our days Give us that wisdom. If I knew I was dying in two years, how would I live my life? How would I love God differently? How would I love my neighbor differently? We need to live like that every day. What would it look like if we lived like that every day? Lived intentionally. Lived imitating God every single day because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And then Paul closes out his thought on walking in love, light, and wisdom by reminding us to love others well and submit ourselves to one another. The second half of Ephesians 5 is about marriage, and Paul wouldn't, I mean, Pastor Sean would not let me speak on marriage. He wouldn't let the 20-year-old college student speak on marriage, so he's going to talk about that next week, um, but he does kind of close us off in, uh, in Ephesians 5, 17. It says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so to stay in the light, to make the steps to stay in the light, I wanted to kind of touch back on what Mom had shared about these tools. And so all of my life I've I've kind of heard this, this, almost this vision that my mom has kind of prayed over all of her boys, that we were covered in tools from head to toe. We're covered in all of these um, apparatuses that are, are to help us go through life. And so maybe some of them are, are more at the ready than others. Some of them are on your hip, 
and for, for dealing with this or for dealing with that. And some of them we're built with already, we just haven't used yet. And so for, for something to come into our lives, for something to creep in the corners, it's not a, a time for shame. It's not a time for, um, to just give in and just say, well, I'm never going to be good enough, right? No one's going to be good enough. I can't be good enough. It's a time to, to take one of these tools out and use it. And that, that verse that mom had read in, in Philippians 4, 8 through 9, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And so it doesn't just happen on accident, right? The, the peace that comes with using these tools and spending time with the Lord, it comes from practice and it comes from spending time with the Lord who made us. How are we going to imitate God if we don't know who he is relationally? And Paul Greer spoke this morning on prayer. He didn't even know what I was talking about, I don't think. And he was praying for a relational connection to God this morning. And so I, I, I just want to, I want us to walk out of these doors just thinking about that. What does it look like for our relationship with God to be so much more closer so that way we can better imitate him? I want to invite the worship team on up, um, but while they're doing that, I also want to show a picture of my little brother. Okay, that's it. I just wanted to show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> this is David. I don't think he knew I was going to do this, um, but this is David, and this is a, from a post on Facebook that my mom shares often. Um, but she like re-ups it. I don't know how Facebook works, but she, I think she reshares it. And this was in 2011, so a long time ago. And David was a wee lad, and um, he he came up to mom, and I remember this this day because it was hilarious. But he came up to mom and said, "Mom, I have 22 weapons on my body, <laughs> and you can't see it, but you can kind of see like there's a nunchuck." Or there's, there's swords in his back that are peeking out a little bit. I think he's got a walkie-talkie on there somewhere that is also a weapon. Absolutely. Um, but my mom loves this picture, not just because he could take out 22 different assailant, assailants with 22 different weapons, but it's, just, it's a perfect illustration of covered in tools, right? It's just covered. He's got 22 of these tools. And it's, it's almost impractical to use them all at once. Right? But God is still equipping us with hundreds of tools. And we're all equipped with tools. And so when, when an opportunity comes where you can love better, you can walk in the light better, or you can walk in wisdom more effectively, it's just another opportunity to use these tools that God has given all of us. So I just want to pray that over all of us this morning. God, we just, we thank you. For these, for these tools that you've given us. Um, and we thank you for this reminder that Paul had, had written to the Ephesians, the church of Ephesus, um, that's so applicable to, to us today. Um, I just want to pray that every single person in this room feels, feels your love so that they can go out and, feel, and, and, and help other people feel your love. I, I just pray over every heart and every mind in this room that we can love like you do, and we can walk in that love every single day, every moment, every hour. 
just spent walking in that love, walking in your light and walking in your wisdom. And when the darkness comes creeping in, that we're not afraid, that we're not full of shame, or if these things are starting to surface in our lives like sexual immorality or, or greed or, or crude or foul language, God, or, or, or talking or putting other people down, that, that those are just a moment that we can open a new tool, that we could love better, we could be a better imitation of you. We love you and we thank you. We praise you in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen.